Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. I'm a communication strategist, and today for Transformational Thursday, I'm going to actually talk about the connection between tragedy and transformation. 
So I'm going to start. I'm just actually going to be super, super candid in this whole segment. I'm going to be candid about what's going on with me right now. I'm going to be candid about where I came to this topic. So I work with thought leaders, as I said. And one thing that I always say when uh, thought leaders say to me, I don't really know what to write. I'm stuck. I have writer's block. I always say, go with that thing that's right on top of your heart. Start there. Um, So Again, I'll be candid with you. I'm having an afternoon. I just looked at my coffee pot. Anyone who knows me knows I drink a lot of coffee. I'm all out of K-cups. So then I went to the like reusable coffee, uh, the reusable K-cup I have. And then I went and there was no coffee to put in that. So I'm like, I don't have any coffee. I had to charge my phone up. Um, We have a Zoom in 30 minutes. And then I'm like, oh my gosh. And on top of that, I want to, you know, deliver this incredible segment full of value. I want to you know, honor everyone who's in the room and their time and make sure it's exceptional. So I started listing out, I'm looking at Transformational Thursday and I'm listing out kind of every topic on the top of my head that I could talk about. I'm like, well, you know, I did write career advice for years. Um, I was like, maybe I could talk about transformation in your career. I can talk about transferable skills. I can talk about a nonlinear career path, how you change sectors. That's something I know a lot about. You know, that's another thing I tell thought leaders talk about something, you know, like the back of your hand. Yeah. Maybe I'll talk about that. And I'm like, but I don't have the coffee and I don't feel inspired. And I was like, you know, maybe I could talk about fitness, you know, transformed my body after every one of my pregnancies. I put on 33 pounds with my son, lost that 49 pounds with my daughter, lost that 40 pounds with this daughter, lost that. Maybe I could talk about physical transformation. And I'm like, Hmm, I kind of talked about that a little bit yesterday. Actually, I had another additional segment. I was like, that's, that's not really inspiring me either. And then I was like, maybe I want to talk about, you know, transforming your habits, transforming your mindsets. I'm waking up early, y'all. I thought waking up at 5.30 every day to work out was early. Now I'm waking up at 4 so that I can get my workout in before we open the Breakfast of Champions room. Maybe I want to talk about transforming your habits. And then I'm like, nope, I'm still not excited enough about that. And I know that it's because I had this other kind of topic sitting on my heart a little bit. What if I talk about transformation that comes after tragedy? So um, those of you who've spent any time in the room with me, um, particularly over the past month, and I had the opportunity to be interviewed by Alexander uh, two Monday mornings ago, I believe, and we talked about it a little bit. So I am a mom of three, uh, two little girls who you will see all over my Instagram. My five-year-old is a bookworm and a rule follower and a lover of musical theater, and my two-year-old is a spitfire, and you can say that she likes to spit on things and set them on fire. She is wild, um, and they are so loving and so loved, and they keep us on our toes, um, but they are our second and our third. Our oldest is a beautiful little boy. His name is Moses, and he passed away at 19 days old, and it's always very present for me this time of year because his birthday is September 15th, 2014, and the day he passed away is October 4th, 2014, Um, and, you know, so it's interesting. Nowadays, we have Facebook. We have the Facebook memory feed. Um, you know, so for example, and it was, it was unexpected what happened with him. So for example, last night, I'm seeing all of the pictures from September 29th, 2014, which was actually his best day. He was over four pounds. He didn't need a GI tube. He was breast or bottle fed around the clock. He was in a crib. Um, he was his most 
vibrant of his entire life, September 29th, 2014. And, um, you know, we, we, we talk about how either um, inspiring or how painful it can be that Facebook shoots us those memories. Hey, do you remember this happened seven years ago? Hey, do you remember this happened seven years ago? But I think even before Facebook, um, we have that. Um, and one of the things that's really interesting that I've learned to navigate in the years since is almost like which, what happened on this day you go back to. Um, that's something that I really struggled with and something that I had to transform in my own mindset um, because I have the first two weeks that he was here, I have memories of every time I held my baby and how he smelled and how he looked up at me and how his teeny little hands feel right around your ribs when you're holding him tummy to tummy. Um, you know, and then I have the memories of the last 72 hours, which are a horror movie. Um, and which I absolutely try to just have the on this day never happen. I try to just delete them. I just try to pretend that those three days of my life literally didn't exist. Um, and when I think about the most transformative experience of my life as an adult, I mean, absolutely. It would be um, September and October 2014. So um, I had a healthy pregnancy. I've always been a very healthy person. I also have a really surprisingly high tolerance for physical pain. Um, and again, my son was my first. So I was like really tired. And um, I also had this like incredibly, incredibly sharp pain um, in my right rib. But otherwise, I was super healthy, and I was just like, man, women are warriors. Like, pregnancy is so hard. I'm so tired, and my hair is falling out, and I literally feel like like right under my right rib, I feel like I don't even know. I feel like 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 my whole insides could explode. Man, women are incredible. I don't know why my baby's sitting like this. And um, I remember I went to the birth center at the time, and they told me I probably had kidney stones, and kidney stones are really painful. And they sent me home. And I learned later that one of the reasons why the global maternity, uh, maternal mortality rate for health syndrome, which I had, the reason why one in four moms die when they have it is because when they go to the doctor and they say, I have this incredible pain in my right rib, their doctor sends them home with kidney stones or gas or hysteria or cramps. Um, so anyway, luckily for me, my water broke two days before 32 weeks. And so we had to go to the hospital instead of the birth center. And uh, I was in extreme pain and they still didn't know what it was. Um, and it actually wasn't until I almost died in labor that they realized that I had health syndrome um, and they were able to save my life, um, which I'm extremely grateful for. And my baby was born and he was born healthy. And we really thought that we'd survive the worst of it. Um, they told us he was the healthiest baby in the NICU and NICUs are incredible. Um, I think I've always thought that every doctor and nurse is a healthcare hero, um, but especially those who work in NICUs. I mean, it's incredible how early babies can be born or, or what they can be born with. And the fact that these doctors and nurses love these babies and can save these babies, it's just incredible to watch. Um, so I was released from the hospital a few days later with a completely clean bill of health. And um, we lived about 45 minutes from the hospital. And so I would just every day, they told us we could come for care times, which were 
every three hours around the clock. And of course you want to spend as much time as possible with your baby. Mac was in football season and um, obviously he wanted to be there as much as possible too, but we really thought that Moses would be out within a few weeks. So um, he was working and then he would go down for the 11 PM care time. Usually I'd drive him um, and I would just alternate between like, um, being there with Moses. And then I would like work for a couple hours at the hospital and then I would be there for the next care time. And in between every care time I would pump, I would try and make sure I was eating enough. I would try and sleep at some point. I would drive back and do something around the house. It was chaotic, but every moment that I was with him was so wonderful. And we had our whole, um, future ahead of us. And it was really, it was really a special time. It was a time that, um, that made me a mom and that made us a family. Um, and then, as I said, I, I won't go into the really, um, incredibly, incredibly hard, um, few days that we had when he went from being completely healthy to completely mystifying the doctors who couldn't figure out what had happened or what was happening. And, um, and everyone was surprised when they realized he wouldn't make it. I mean, I remember the doctors and nurses just crying with us. Everyone was so confused. We didn't understand what was happening. And then the moment came where um, Mac and I were just supposed to leave the hospital ourselves. And I will tell you, when you talk about Transformational Thursday, um, it's really hard in that moment to continue on. And what we promised our son, I mentioned this in my interview with Alexander, was we made two promises. We promised that we would continue to be good people and good parents. And our focus was on making promises that we knew we could keep. Um, and, you know, we ended up going into grief counseling and a concept that I learned at the time was something that they refer to as coping ugly. Um, sometimes you just got to cope ugly is what they say. And I think that's really powerful to know that it's not like you just transform like a fairy tale, like a flower, like something terrible happens. And then the next day, like you are Mother Teresa, and you go out and you save the world and you, you know, found an incredible organization and everything else. I mean, that's a really powerful concept for me, too. And I've I've spoken on this as well, that when I read Sheryl Sandberg's Option B, the whole chapter on bouncing forward is extremely powerful um, because so often in our society, we hear the term bounce back. You go through something terrible and you bounce back to who you were before but actually so many people end up so moved by whatever caused their grief that they do something called bouncing forward. Um, and in actuality, they do go on and found that organization, that business, find that cure, fight for that change. Um, that's why we see so many people activated by grief. Um, but maybe before you get to the point where you're ready to bounce forward, you do something called coping ugly. And I can't even tell you how many meals um, Mac and I ordered in, I don't even remember how we got the house clean. I can't even remember when, or if we slept. Um, but again, it was just like, we're going to stay good people and we're going to stay good parents. And the, the second promise was harder to keep because we didn't look like parents to the rest of the world. Um, that was one of the things that was really, really heartbreaking was that we were walking around feeling like parents and no one recognized us as parents, which was just strange and hard um, and confusing and sad on top of everything else. We lost our son. We lost our identity. It was so, so, so confusing. Um, but one thing I will say is that I think that Hollywood gets it wrong. 
I think so often in the movies when there's that character who's that closed off, mean, cold, curmudgeon, you find out later that it's because they lost someone really pivotal in their life. And, and maybe that happens for some. But I have to say that people who I know who've gone through tragedy or traumatic grief are actually some of the most open hearted people I've ever met because it does break your heart wide open. And I think it gives you a level of empathy. It gives you a level of compassion. I think when you, you know, have had those times when like you've just sat in your car and cried because it felt maybe somewhat more private than crying in the store. Like you just, you, 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 you just want to treat every human you've ever met with more love than you can ever imagine because you don't know how much they might need it in that day. Um, and so, you know, I think for me, for example, I know sometimes people look at how open hearted I am and they think maybe I'm naive. Um, but it's, it's not, it's a choice. And I think that it honors those two promises that I made to be as kind, um, as I can be to every single human I meet. It's like a calling for me. Um, and it was transformative. Um, you know, I think that I'm a much less selfish person than maybe I would have been. And I want to say, I always quote Megan Devine whenever I talk about grief, Megan Devine of Refuge and Grief. She's my favorite thought leader around grief because um, she just makes me feel seen. And I just am so grateful for everything that I've learned from her. But one of the things that she says is that sometimes it's actually damaging the popular narrative that grief um, teaches us something transformational. And, and I want to uplift that perspective. She says sometimes that's damaging narrative because we're not just like idiots walking around to like deserve something terrible to happen so that we can be open hearted and change the world. Um, I'm paraphrasing her. Um, but the, the two things can be true at once, that it can be true that it's transformational and it's, it's meaningful. Um, but it can also be true that it's not because we deserved that or we needed that, or we wouldn't have been open hearted, great world changing people otherwise, um, or else it could make someone feel really guilty, um, that maybe that thing happened in their life. But I do think that it was transformational for me. I think that I'm more present. I think that you know, I know, for example, in the way that we're raising our kids, especially my older daughter, she's so empathetic. Um, and I think it's because while Mac and I are really intentional about, you know, always being age appropriate and how we, we treat her, we're open with her at the same time. And like, she is not one of those kids who's going to say they didn't see their parents cry or they didn't see their daddy cry because we cry. Um, we also let her grieve in her own way. I've mentioned this uh, in an earlier segment I did on grief that she likes to make a birthday cake for Moses every year. That's her thing. She wants to make him a cake and we let her cause that's how she wants to celebrate her brother's birthday. And, and we let her interact with grief in her own way. Um, but I know that we're raising her to be more empathetic because whenever she talks about her family and her younger sister is learning too, like we are a family of five mommy and daddy, Moses, Aviva, and Rhea. And I think that from a very young age, she's understood that everyone's family is different. You know, as they say, love makes a family, but you can't always see all the members of someone's family. You can't always judge, you know, someone's family. Like her concept of a nuclear family is already so complex. She understands that we have a member of our family who's not here, who's in heaven. And I think that it just makes her, um, it transforms her worldview from such an early age. Um, in just a way that's just profoundly 
empathetic. Like she's the first one her whole life, whenever we're, you know, playing the name game or playing pretend or anything like that, that she'll add Moses into the song or, you know, set something out for him when she's playing pretend. And I think, um, again, we try to do it in a really age appropriate way to tell her that, you know, if she ever, you know, wants to just talk to him or, you know, anything like that, trying to talk about it in a way that, um, you know, is, is, I guess, comforting to her and just that, you know, everyone's family is different. Um, but it is, it's transformational for me, um, to see the years that she grew up, that she didn't have a living sibling. Um, it's just transformed, as I said, my levels of empathy, of compassion, and of really, I think, dogged determination to, build something for all of my children, um, for the opportunities we give our girls, and also for the memorial fund that we have at Children's in Moses's name um, to help other families. So um, I've been speaking for about 20 minutes straight now. I definitely want to open it up if anyone's on stage and, you know, is um, able to share anything. Lolita, I don't know if you have service, my friend, if you're here. Yes, I would love to pop in. Sarah, this is Lolita. First, let me just say, your level of transparency when it comes to your family is second to none. And I think that it really gives way to, for other people to really sit in any trauma or grief or even really think about transformation. And I love that you talked about tragedy to transformation and how even in your most tragic times, right, there's still a transformation that's happening. And I think sometimes we don't gift ourselves that pause to be able to, you know, I always talk about this power that's in your pause. So the piece I wanted to tap into is that um, sometimes everyone doesn't agree with how we raise our children. And because I know for me, and I also, my, and my son is nine and he didn't, you know, I don't remember him really remembering my dad, but I remember my dad as he was battling cancer. When I would take Walker to the hospital, he would just grab Walker, that's my son, and he would just hold him. And I knew that there was just this energy because he would just spark up and children have that, that thing inside of them. And sometimes Walker says things to me that I can't explain that he remembers or he'll talk about a time or ask me what, you know, would Papa G be proud of him? And I choose to allow him to be in that space, you know? Someone the other day told me that they think that I talk about my father a lot and wondered if I should go into therapy and things. And I said, I talk about my father a lot because he still means the world to me. The memories, as you said, Sarah, like those memories and those moments that you have. My dad, though he's not here, still pushes me every single day. And I live in that. I talk about him any moment that I can, and I make no apologies for it. So I'm glad that you mentioned grief and the fact that you deal with it how you do. And we each will be judged one day. But in this lifetime right here, I choose to remember what helps me to move on in this life to be my bigger, better, bolder self. So I love the transformation. I love that you talk tragedy into transformation and giving people really the thought right now that even if you're going through tragic moments now or have in the past, what if you can pull out the memories that will help to fuel you into tomorrow? And I just love it. So thanks, Sarah, for bringing that up. Wow. Thank you so much, Lolita. 
I mean, I love whenever you speak about your father, that poem you read that I had the opportunity to hear twice was so beautiful. And another thing that I'll tell you, because I told you Megan Devine is my favorite. I'm going to send you that Instagram, actually. I'm going to DM it to you. So she actually comments on this a lot on kind of people externally saying, um, why haven't you moved on? Why are you still talking about this? And so on and so forth. And she says that, you know, we kind of can always say to ourselves, well, that's about them. But one of the things that I appreciate that she says is she says, translate that into, I have reached the limits of my compassion, like that the other person is saying that because all of us only have so much of a well potentially to give to others. And I think especially in a time like this, we're trying to uplift so many going through so many changes, but that actually helped me to realize this has nothing to do with me. Someone's saying, why are you still talking about Moses? Um, First of all, I'm actually going to take a moment and sidestep that and say, don't ever say something to anyone that you wouldn't say if their person was alive. That's actually a real something I want to harp on. I've had people in my life be like, why are you still talking about Moses so much? And why are you this? And why are you that? And I have to actually, I will check them in that moment and say, would you ever come to me and say, I don't want to hear about Rhea. I only like Aviva or I don't want to celebrate Aviva's birthday. Only Rhea's like, you wouldn't tell me not to speak of one of my living children. So if you want to be in my life, I'm going to speak of all of my children. That's my mama bear pride right there. So I'm actually going to say that for a <laughs> Love minute. It. Thank you. Um, but no, it was helpful for me to hear that people who are saying, I don't want to hear about your person who's passed away. It's the, it's not the second part of the statement about your person and how you relate to them. It's the first part of the statement. I don't have the capacity to hear it. That's what, that's their, that's their limitation in, in that moment. Um, that's their inability to conceptualize how you walk through life. That has nothing to do with you. And that was really powerful for me. Um, I want to see if we have any other mic flashes on stage. Hi, Megan. Sarah. Hi, hon. I really want to share something from my heart to you, Sarah. I'm going to get emotional, actually. I'm sorry. Um, I have been um, praying with you, thinking about you, watching those um, posts about Moses. And I don't even understand why I'm so emotional here. Um, but what you just said, I think, is why I'm emotional, is that um, why would you not celebrate Moses and his life. And what is your daughter's name? Who is your oldest child? What is her name? Aviva or Viv Aviva. is my oldest. Okay, okay. You know, the fact that your heart and your husband's heart has, it, it, you know, entered into this little girl's heart and her empathy and her, it just, it's just, uh, and her awareness is just such a testimony to you guys. And don't ever stop. Don't ever stop. Because that little boy who will be a young man and on and on is in your heart forever. Yesterday was the 10th anniversary of my husband Paul's passing. And, you know, it's funny. I, I wrote a, a post in Facebook about two or three weeks ago, but it was more because September is Alzheimer's Awareness Month. And awareness, you know, that is what you're speaking about. It's awareness of your heart. It's awareness of other people's uh, challenges and heart and tragedies to transformation. I thought yesterday, should I post something? No, it's not about losing Paul. Uh, I posted that about Alzheimer's awareness. Um, and this is the last day of the month. I'm sitting here working and I'm listening to you. And, um, and it's about awareness. He had Lewy body syndrome, which I would not wish on my worst enemy. It's a Parkinson's form of uh, 
uh, uh, Alzheimer's, dementia. Um, but it was a lonely journey. And the fact that my business still was my business after that uh, is only by the grace of God. So, of course, there's so many uh, essences of that, that I can help others. I can encourage others just like uh, Aviva is doing. Aviva? I don't want to say it wrong, but anyhow. (laughs) Okay. But, you know, it's about our hearts. It's our heart link. We're all in this together. And and Moses is with us right now, right now, as Paul is as well. And he would always say to me, you know, good job, honey. He was the first person, the first man, I should say, that I was ever with that really got me and encouraged me. And so for that, I just embrace and acknowledge Paul Matthew Tyler. So thank you. Don't ever stop sharing. Don't. Megan, that was so beautiful. And I'm so heartened that you shared Paul with us today and that you felt, you know, safe to share Paul with us today. And I just appreciate your encouragement so much. I see Marcus, and then I'm going to be turning the mic over to my sister, Lolita. Oh, thanks, Sarah. I was actually clapping, but uh, this has been a phenomenal segment for me. Um, I lost my dad last week. Uh, He had a stroke in April, and uh, it was a long, you know, drawn out uh, passing. We knew it was going to happen, and so I was able to get up to Nashville from here and say goodbye to my dad, and I don't know if he was in there, but uh, I wasn't preparing to speak, but Sarah, this really uh, struck a chord with me, and and Megan, your your share did as well, uh, because we all have our ways of uh, dealing with grief, and I can't even imagine losing a child. I have five children, 22 down to two years old, and I can't imagine. So, um, you know, I love you, Sarah. My heart goes out to you, but thank you for the segment uh, because it's helping me in dealing with uh, the grief of my dad passing and it taking so long and me feeling guilty that I couldn't do anything about it and I couldn't get up to Nashville and visit him like I did, like I wanted to, uh, and the guilt that my sisters, all three of my sisters went every day and spoon fed him for five months until he passed. And uh, it just really means a lot to me that you shared that, and it uh, helps me deal uh, with my dad's passing as well. So thank you. I'm Marcus Ellis with Microphone in his hand. I'm done speaking for now. Peace. Marcus, I'm so sorry to hear about your father. Our hearts and prayers and condolences are with you. And I just, um, you know, I, I'm glad it was helpful. And the one thing I'll share with you before I pass the microphone over to the beautiful Lolita with a T is um, just the guilt will not serve you. You know, I think one of the things that we have to hold on to sometimes is how would that person want us to keep walking through our life? Um, and again, that's how Mac and I landed on. We're going to stay good people and stay good parents um, is that that was a way to honor him. And so I think that when you're, you're a dad, as you said, and I think that all parents just want the best for their children. And so I know he wouldn't want you to feel guilty. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.